All right, everyone, and welcome back to our newly named uh, podcast. This is our first episode as the Overtime Buzz podcast. And, uh, you know, it's it's been a while, and it's, it's really good to be back. We haven't uploaded in quite some time here, but it definitely feels good to get back into doing this. Zach, how you feeling? Pretty good. Um, yeah, real good, actually. You know, uh, got the new name, got it all changed up here, and, um, you know, it's a new... It's a new style, and uh, you know we have uploaded a couple NHL episodes, but you know no NFL stuff, and certainly got a lot to catch up on. There's been a lot of news, and uh, you know I think it, I think I mentioned you know one of our episodes since the name change was uh, the old one was a little bit of a mouthful. Um, had to find something a little shorter, a little easier to work with. So feeling pretty good. Yeah, I mean you and you you've done it obviously with the new name. This is my first time with the new name, so I'm looking forward to it. It's it feels like it's been forever since I've done this, and obviously with our busy schedules and everything, plus, yeah, I mean, not much NFL news besides the fact that uh, the Bucks won the Super Bowl a couple weeks ago, 31-9, to beating the Chiefs, which really wasn't much of a game. But other than that, yeah, just hey, it feels good to be back. Yeah, no, that Super Bowl was, uh, you know, it started out, um, started out decently, but, you know, you could definitely tell that the Chiefs just they weren't ready for it. Um, and the, the Bucks pass rush. I mean, that was really the biggest story in my eyes. They just limited Mahomes so much that, you know, the defense couldn't stop Brady and by keeping Mahomes on the sideline, uh, it was just pretty easy for Tampa to kind of not necessarily coast to the win, but coast to the win. Oh, exactly. No, I, I agree. 100%. That's why. And I was talking to my dad about this when the Super Bowl was over, but, uh, Todd Bowles, the Bucks defensive coordinator definitely deserves, the uh, Super Bowl MVP more than Brady because, I mean, yeah, just look at what he did to Patrick Mahomes in that offense. He was able to limit that offense and get that pat and get that pass rush going. I mean, Patrick Mahomes didn't play that bad of a game, but just he just got no help from his receivers because they kept dropping the ball. And he still and he made an unbelievable throw parallel to the ground midair, and it should have been caught for a touchdown, but it was dropped. That yeah, that just shows you that obviously Patrick Mahomes put the team on his back. Just it's unfortunate that some of that his team didn't come through with him. Yeah, I mean, there's. I think the the main thing you you look back on from that game about Mahomes is there's the meme of him on the internet, um, you know, like diving parallel to the ground, sidearm throw, and the ball hit Hill in the mask and he dropped it. So, um, yeah, <laughs> it was just a rough game. Um, but, you know, Brady gets his seventh Super Bowl. The Bucks, you know, they're definitely a team that it had been a while. It was nice to see a new a new uh, team, not necessarily a new face leading them, but um, a new team. You know, it's uh, been pretty much the story of Chiefs, Seahawks, Patriots. And that's about it for pretty much the last six years. So, yeah, you, um, you know, you know, honestly, too, um, I, I like. I am actually happy that Tom Brady did win his seventh Super Bowl. I mean, if if this was with the Patriots, it may have been a little bit different. But since it's with a new team, it's like okay, we have a new team. He's he's on a new team. We can just at least say we can at least be happy for him just because of that. Yeah, and I think you know I was actually talking. I think we talked a little bit, but I was also talking with a couple other people that you know it's not so much that I hated Tom Brady. Um, I think truthfully, I, I disliked Bill Belichick more. Um, and certainly that's, you know, with good reason, but, um, 
you know, he was always a productive quarterback. He was never, you know, necessarily um, winning MVPs for crazy numbers after like a couple of years, um, but he was winning them because the team just kept on winning and he was just putting up such consistent numbers. But um, yeah, I definitely can say that, you know, I've always, it's hard to not appreciate greatness, I guess, you know, that's the whole thing. Um, so yeah, I'm just happy for him to get that seventh Super Bowl. Um, but I'm also, like you said, glad it wasn't the Patriots. <laughs> yeah. And I think if this win definitely solidifies his status as the greatest quarterback of all time or the greatest athlete of all time in the football world. Uh, if that wasn't known before that Super Bowl, it's definitely known now. Uh, every talk about who the greatest quarterback of all time is uh, should be stopped with Tom Brady. And I don't think any other quarterback is going to reach his level of success is Super Bowl wise. Um, Nobody is ever going to do this again. You'll never see 20 consistent years of winning seven Super Bowls. And so I don't mean to cut you off, but I think no, you're good. My, I have to completely agree with you. I think that until this season, people kind of questioned it. You know, was it the Patriot system? Was it Belichick? Was it having the defense around him all the time? You know, you could kind of question a little bit of his, you know, GOAT status, but he certainly had the most Super Bowls of any quarterback. But I think that uh, going to a new team at, what, 43? Yeah. Um, putting up some ridiculously good numbers for a 43-year-old and winning another Super Bowl in a new system in your first year there, I think that's pretty easy to say, okay, Tom Brady is the greatest athlete to ever play in the NFL. Not oh, necessarily without... athlete, but the greatest player to play in the NFL. Oh, without um, question. Yeah. Because as we know, you know, the po- the plus five uh, 40 time, you know, yeah. um, <laughs> not the best, but, uh, you know, it's um, it's just one of those things that, you know, you, you can definitely say now that he's won in two places. He won in a new place in his first year there at the age of 43 after 20 straight years in the same system. So, um to me, there's just no question that Tom Brady is the greatest quarterback that's ever done it or will ever do it because you will never see um, anything like this. You know, the only sport that's comparable would be the NHL the way it used to be when there were less teams. But there, this is never going to happen again because that was happening when there were eight, 12 teams. You know, the same team was winning six out of seven cups or, um, you know, four or five in a row. So we're never going to see this again. Just appreciate it while it lasts, I guess. I mean, if there's one quarterback that could possibly catch up to Brady, it's definitely Mahomes. But uh, I mean, I, I I just don't know if he'll get there. Uh, I this isn't his last Super so. Bowl. Yeah, this is definitely this isn't his last Super Bowl. He'll definitely get back to the Super Bowl, but I just don't think he'll catch up to Brady in terms of wins. Yeah, exactly. And you know, the some people like kind of talked about. They're like, oh, Mahomes is going to be like the next Breeze, the one that sets like all the passing records but only gets one Super Bowl. Dude, he's not even like old. <laughs> he's, you know, he's going into what, his fourth, fifth season? Um, yeah. You know, it's his fifth season, I think. Yeah. Yeah. You know, he's been in the league for four years. He has all of the, um, all of the accolades you could ask out of a quarterback. I mean, last year threw 50 touchdowns and you know over 5,000 yards or whatever it was. Um, you know, he's as good as anybody's going to get as long as they keep talent around him. Um, there's no reason he won't win three, four, five Super Bowls for sure. Oh, without question there. But um, anyway, the NFL season definitely did, did wrap up after that Super Bowl. And 
we're now in the offseason, and we've already had some breaking headlines uh, the past two weeks. And we'll start with the most recent one that, that broke today, being Thursday, February 18th. Uh, Carson Wentz was traded to the uh, Indianapolis Colts for a second round for a th- second round pick and third round pick, if I remember that trade correctly. Yep. Yeah. Uh, I think the second was conditional, and I believe it's a playoff condition where um, if the Eagles make it, they keep it, and then the Colts get next year's or something like that. So. Okay. Um. Yeah. I mean, you you and Dante have been saying that the Colts was a fit potentially. Um, because of Frank Reich. Um, certainly it makes sense. You know, he's going indoors. Doesn't have to worry about the cold now. He has, uh, you know, <clears throat> not very many receiving weapons necessarily. You know, Hilton's getting a little bit older. Um, you know, Jack Doyle's a little bit older. But, uh, you know, he's certainly in a good situation. But having Jonathan Taylor definitely helps. Um, and again, Reich's going to help. And they can now kind of take their first rounder and work on a wide receiver. because they have a good O line. They have a star running back. They don't have to worry about that. And their defense isn't bad. He's pretty much gone to exactly what he needed. <laughs> if you think about it, you know, the For Eagles sure. kind of keep kind of struggle with that O line. Um, I think they had a couple guys that uh, either retired or were uh, signed elsewhere in free agency. And the defense wasn't nearly what it needed to be to have him as somebody that uh, could, could win games that were lower scoring because of the defense. Um, Certainly his interception numbers are a little bit of a red flag with that cap hit, but if he can get that under control, I think the the Colts just got themselves a quarterback for the next seven or eight years. Oh, for sure. I I think that this will work out perfectly for the Colts and for uh, Carson Wentz because, yeah, like Dante and I mentioned that in in the tweet that I posted earlier today or that we posted earlier today that uh, Wentz is reunited with uh, Frank Reich. And Frank Reich was the offensive coordinator for the Eagles back in 2017, back in their Super Bowl win. Now, Carson Wentz didn't necessarily play in that Super Bowl. As we know, he got hurt in uh, earlier in the season, and then it was Nick Foles. But before that, he was leading up to having an MVP season and definitely would have been the league's MVP if he didn't get hurt. So I think this works out perfectly for him because now that he and Reich are back together again, I think maybe Carson Wentz can get back up to that level because, like you said, Zach, like they have an offensive line, they have a great running game in Jonathan Taylor, and also I think he he actually has some wide receivers to throw to as well. I mean, he's got Pascal and T. Y. Hilton and um, Mowally Cox as the tight end, so uh, he's definitely going to play out really well with the Eagles. And also, like you said, also too the defense, the Colts defense is definitely top five um, uh, with Darius Leonard and uh, Alden Smith and no, Alden Smith plays for the uh, Cowboys. My, my fault. Uh, DeForest Buckner and all of them. So this should shape out well for Carson Wentz. I'm not saying that they're going to be a Super Bowl team necessarily next year, but they definitely, I, I could see them getting to the Super Bowl within the next, like, I don't three to seven years, like you said. Yeah, I was, I'm thinking, you know, it's three to um, kind of four years until they make one um, because, you know, they do have the defense, they do have the weapons on offense and they're going to draft more um, to continue to build around, um, around Wentz now that they have a, a younger skilled quarterback who they can say, you know, 
doesn't replace Andrew Luck. Um, nobody does. I mean, that he was truly a special talent. Um, so I think that they're getting as close to a replacement as they can get um, in terms of, you know, not having to draft and develop one at first overall. So, um, you know, they're definitely in a much better position now than they were uh, yesterday. So, yeah, I mean, I think, I think Wentz is going to be a good ad for them. I think he's going to bring a new dynamic to that offense. Um, but to me, I think that they're a team that immediately becomes, you know, an AFC championship contender, um, you know, Super Bowl team. So, um, you know, if they get some weapons, they might actually win, you know, maybe maybe one or two with Wentz. So, um, did you have anything else to add on the Wentz front? Uh, just real quick. Um, I just hope he can stay healthy. Just yeah. – uh, with his history, he has only played in one playoff game and he got injured in that. And the other two times that the Eagles made the playoffs, he got injured and it had to be Nick Foles. So I, I just hope he can stay healthy. Absolutely. And that's definitely a big key for him. You know, he needs that um, to kind of rebound and play a full season because I think to him, um, if he can make it through a full season, not only does it boost his, uh, you know, confidence, but, you know, it kind of keeps him moving, keeps the team in the right direction. And they don't have to worry about playing. Um, a backup in, in key situations. So certainly a big point to add. Um, it's definitely important in terms of uh, what Carson Wentz is going to bring to the Colts. But um, you mentioned uh, there were two stories in the last two weeks. Well, the other one comes from the Houston Texans. No, it was not Deshaun Watson being moved, released, traded, etc. cetera. Um, it was J.J. Watt. Um, he asked for a mutual agreement to part ways. Um, he was released from his contract. Now a free agent, um, you know, he's first time free agent. He's on the market. I mean, there is no team in the NFL that would uh, not benefit from signing a J.J. Watt. Um, he's one of those guys that even at, you know, 30 and older um, is still disruptive, still really, really good um, and certainly could benefit any locker room. Um, you know, there's, I think, three clear kind of, front runners. Um, one's Carolina because they need pass rush and they certainly have the cap to sign him. Um, I, I keep seeing their, their name linked to him. Um, Green Bay. I mean, it's his home state. Uh, the Packers not only need some extra pass rush, but certainly could um, benefit from having him. And obviously the uh, third team that he's linked to pretty heavily, except I don't know where they're going to come up with the salary cap is the Pittsburgh Steelers because, you know, he could play with his two other brothers. So, um, you know, saw on Twitter today, TJ out there shoveling JJ's sidewalks, you know, all the snow to kind of pitch him to come to the Steelers or something, but, um, doing all the yeah. recruiting can, whatever it takes. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Um, you know, I mean, I'll let you take it away, but those are the, the three kind of front runners according to the media right now. I'm also seeing that Cleveland is a possibility because they also have salary cap space and Olivier Vernon is going to be a free agent and I don't think they'll resign him. So they'll definitely need a pass rusher and JG Watt could be that pass rusher. But obviously as being Steeler fans that we are, we don't want that to happen. We, we, we don't want to have JJ Watt anywhere in the division except for us here with the Steelers. And like you said, Zach, uh, we, uh, we would all love to have J.J. Watt on the Steelers just for, you know, the opportunity to play with his brothers. Um, I think J.J. and T.J. could be a huge duo on the same side because 
then offensive lines are going to have to decide, well, okay, so who do we take? Do we take TJ or do we take JJ? And I I just think that'd be a great storyline. But like you said, I don't know where they're going to come out with the salary cap just to sign JJ. If anything, he's going to have to take a low end deal, a league friendly deal just to, you know, sign sign with the Steelers, but I don't think that'll happen. From what I'm hearing, is that he does want to get paid. Maybe not like big bucks or anything like that, but I'm I I am hearing that he does want to get paid. So I honestly don't think he's going to sign with us, unfortunately. But um, Carolina, I think I think that'd be interesting, just for the cap space, and I think that's just a team that's sort of in the rebuild mode, and hopefully and can hopefully. Uh, rebuild their defense, but also Green Bay, like like you said, just for the opportunity to play in your home state, stay home for 90% of the year. I think that'd be good for them. And with Green Bay's defense, I think that's – J.J. Watt's a definitely a key part that they're missing because now they do have the Smith – they do have the Smith guys, boys, at a, at outside linebacker and pass rushing, but I they definitely need more of a pass rush. And I think J.J. Watt could definitely complete that for the Packers. I agree. I mean, you, you said it really well. Um, you know, he definitely could bring a, a good force in Green Bay opposite uh, Zadarius Smith. I think that's who it is, the the edge. But, um, you know, I think that if he went there, you know, obviously they would benefit from it. And it would definitely help, um, you know, kind of prolong Rodgers' window. Um, not that it's necessarily shutting after what we saw this year, but you know, quarterbacks don't play forever. Not everybody plays till they're 45. Um, I don't know. I think that Green Bay, to me, makes partially the most sense um, for him. One, being at home. Two, just the fact that, you know, he could go to a team that desperately needs him, um, but also a team that he could really help immediately. Um, you know, I would agree with you. I don't want to see him go to Cleveland. Um, I would love to see him uh, come to Pittsburgh. Um there was a story today that the cap's going to be about eight to nine million dollars higher than was expected. Um, they're saying about 188 million, so that definitely helps um, the Steelers a little bit. And obviously, um, with you know the we haven't really touched on the retirements of Pouncey and uh, Vance McDonald, some cap was freed up. So certainly, it's not um, out of the question entirely. You know, you could always cut you know a guy like Joe Hayden, who I think we've mentioned in the past as a potential cut candidate. Um, you know and uh, I don't remember. They could probably release Nelson if possible. Um, it would certainly open up more cap space, but I don't see that one happening. Um, you know, there's there's definitely moves they can make that um, open up the cap space, but I just don't think it's going to happen. Um, but I, I guess you can't really rule out the uh, family connection, you know, that kind of tie to play with your family. So, hey, TJ and Derek better get on it with these uh, sales pitches here. <laughs> I'm sure they are doing all the recruiting possible. Just like like we saw today on Twitter, TJ is shoveling for JJ, and I'm sh- who knows. Maybe we'll get a video of Derek maybe cooking for for JJ, or who knows, just something even more crazy just for to get the recruiting process up and going. But yeah, I um, yeah, I think Green Bay makes the most sense just for JJ Watt, just for all those reasons that we pointed out. And we want him in Pittsburgh. Do we think he, he's going to come to Pittsburgh? Probably not. But hopefully with the cap space, cap 
numbers going a little bit higher. Hopefully that could free up some space for, for us, but who knows if that'll happen. But, um, uh, you know, we are Steelers fans here, and there were some comments this week by the Steelers general manager that left us scratching our heads a little bit here. Um, Steelers general manager Kevin Colbert said that Ben Roethlisberger still wants to continue still wants to continue to play, but that they have to take a look at the situation like seriously. And obviously that's not something that we as Steelers fans want to hear, or even Ben Roethlisberger. I'm sure that's not what he wants to hear too, but we have to understand that he is doing what's best for the team. And we, we really talked about this when it was said is that Ben needs to either restructure his contract or retire that those, those are his only two options. And I'd like to think that Ben Roethlisberger will be flexible with his schedule. I, he did say that he was, he didn't care about the money. He'll, tr- so I'm sure he's going to try to restructure his contract just so we can resign some of these free agents that he did point out that weren't, you know, settled or he wasn't committed on bringing them back yet just because of the cap space. But if Ben Roethlisberger can restructure his contract, then hopefully the Steelers can bring in, can re-sign some of these guys like Juju Smith-Schuster, uh, Mike Hilton, Cam Sutton, and who knows, maybe even bring in J.J. Watt. But those are the only two options that Ben Roethlisberger has, either re- restructure your contract or retire. Yep, exactly. Um, you know, it's it's definitely never easy to um, kind of have to have that ultimatum in a way um, with your franchise quarterback who's, um, you know, been there for 17 years, done everything possible for you, given you as all. Um, it's obviously not ideal, but I don't know. It's it's tough because, you know, you have to look at it from a football decision and say, you know, is, um, is Ben Roethlisberger playing for the Steelers next year the best way that they can put a team on the field to win? And I don't know because, you know, Ben certainly was very good, as we mentioned over and over during the the, the losing streak. Um, for the first eleven games of the year, he was pretty solid. First ten, because I guess the eleventh game wasn't that great. Um, but he was solid. He was in the MVP conversation, kind of creeping in there, um, and it fell apart quick. And now, granted, some of that was offensive scheming. That's not his fault. But you know, you watched in week fifteen against or week sixteen, sorry, against the Colts. Um, Ben started calling his own plays at half and the team just went off and that definitely was a spark. You could definitely tell that, um, something changed the, the scheme, the playbook changed. Um, I don't know. It's tough because you don't want to see him retire on these type of terms. I wish that you could see him, you know, not necessarily go out with a Super Bowl win. Obviously that's ideal, but, um, doesn't happen for many people. Um, Peyton Manning being the latest for the most recent, I think. Um, but the tough part is, you know, you want to see him <clears throat> at the end of a good season, you know, get deep in the playoffs and say, hey, gave it my all. We got to the AFC Championship game. We uh, came up just a little bit short, you know, but this is where the this is where the road ends, you know. Um, it's definitely tough. And it's one of those things where, again, it becomes a football thing over um, – some you know, the money's obviously there, but it becomes a football decision. You know, do you run Ben out? Do you not? Because then your options be after Ben are Mason or Dwayne Haskins or potentially Kyle Trask if they draft a quarterback. So I don't know. I think uh, the retirements of Marquise Pouncey and Vance McDonald, um, 
way heavily on Ben, being those are probably two of his best friends on the team. Obviously, Pouncey was his best friend. Everybody knows that. But, um, yeah, I think it weighs pretty heavily, and I think that uh, this team is going to be doing some draft searching. Um, I know that our next couple episodes that we put out are going to be kind of some draft implications, kind of our projections as to where they should go with their picks, potentially who they'd take. Uh, We might even try and get a mock draft done and kind of run through it. You know, we'll do it off off uh, recording and we'll just talk about it after but uh yeah it's tough you don't want to see him go you don't want to tell him to leave but you know you can't pay a guy 41 million dollars that you're is not going to play f- to a 41 million dollar contract yeah it, it's really tough but i'm really hoping that at least matt canada can at least stand up to ben and say listen we we're not going to rely on you to win us like these games. We have to make you a uh, game manager. So we're going to have to rebuild the offensive line and get a run game going and kind of try to be like the, you know, like the Browns of last year or the, um, the Vikings, the bills teams that can run the ball. That's what the Steelers need to do. And it starts up front with the offensive line. So what they're going to have to do now is they need to obviously draft a center and then probably draft a offensive tackle. And then I'm hoping, I'm hoping if he's there, we've said this before, but if he's there at number 24, I think the Steelers should take Najee Harris. I've seen some people on Twitter saying, no, we need offensive linemen, but take a look at Kevin Dotson. The dude was a third or fourth round pick out of Louisiana, which is like a, what, F- FCS school maybe? No, they're just know. like uh, Division One B. They're like uh, kind of MAC level. They're not like Division One A, but they're um, Division One B. Okay, but still, it's like we found him at we found him at that level and in the f- like third or fourth round, and he didn't allow a single sack. They're like the, the dude, whenever he's played, was phenomenal. He only, I think, I think he only allowed like one QB rush, and that was about it. So the Steelers can find offensive linemen in the um in the draft later on in the draft. I'm pretty sure Ramon Foster was, I, I think he was like an unrestricted free agent or something like unrestricted, like undrafted free agent. Excuse me, I'm pretty sure he was an undrafted free agent, but he and he ended up being a great offensive lineman for the Steelers. And um, so, yeah, like I think we can find offensive linemen later on in the draft. But if Najee Harris is there, we should take him. Now, if he's not there, then maybe you get like a Leatherwood from Alabama or you take uh, the center from Oklahoma, I'm hearing, or I forget what his name is or anything. But th- that's what the Steelers need to do. They need to focus on offense this draft. For some reason, last week I was – Last week I was watching NFL Network at this restaurant that I was having dinner at, and the NFL Network analysts had um, the Steelers taking a linebacker in the first round. And I'm like, what? Like, did you guys not watch the Steelers at all this past season and how much they need a run game and an an offense? But, I mean, that's besides the point. So that's what I'm hoping Matt Canada can do is can hopefully bring some of that college style, bring some of that – pit momentum that he had back in like what 2017 or 18 whatever year that was hopefully he can bring it to Pittsburgh and hopefully Ben can 
become a game manager and we can get a run game going. That's just what I, that's just what needs to be done. Yeah, I agree with you 100%. I think that uh, if you get some, you know, late round offensive linemen that are going to have the impact that Dotson will. Now, granted, you're not going to hit on everyone, um, but you don't have necessarily a waste of first round pick on, you know, the best left tackle or the best center in the draft because you can still get productive players. You know, um, obviously Pouncey and DeCastro were first round picks and they were, I mean, you know, they, they lived up to their billing, but, um, you know, you, you don't necessarily hit on all the first rounders. You don't necessarily miss on all the late rounders hit on, you know, vice versa. So, um, yeah, I, I think that if they go the running back route, they're in a good position um, or the lineman route. I, I get why they would say linebacker because Vince Williams is a potential cut candidate. As crazy as it sounds, he's making a lot of money um, to really not be, the main inside linebacker, I guess. Um, and you need some depth behind Devin Bush, at least somebody out, you know, alongside Spillane um, that you can pay cheaper, especially with this cap situation. So, yeah, I think that, uh, you know, definitely it needs to be offensive line or running back, uh, even tight end. I wouldn't be opposed to um, just something to solidify, you know, this offense and build it up either for Ben or for Rudolph or even Kyle Trask, whatever direction they go. So, yeah, I know that we're going to be uh, previewing the draft coming up soon, so um, there's definitely a lot to look forward to. Yeah, I'm looking forward to that as well, uh, and and obviously free agency too. Because um, he, here's what I was thinking about today too: is that if the Steelers possibly lose Juju in free agency, um, do you really trust uh, Deontay Johnson, Chase Claypool, or James Washington to be the leader of that group? Like, because that's part of the reason why I don't want to let go of Juju's because he's really come on in into being the leader of the wide receiver core of the Steelers. And I honestly don't think that Deontay Johnson or any of those guys, they're, they're not they're not ready to step up and be the leader. They're not ready for that yet. So if the Steelers possibly do lose Juju to free agency, I hope that. I hope that they can like maybe sign a veteran free agent wide receiver that could that could you know be the leader of that group. I've heard that the Jets might cut uh, Jameis and Crowder, and I know that Crowder's not on Juju's level, but I wouldn't be opposed to having him as like a number two behind either Johnson, Claypool, or Washington. I don't. I mean, any of those three guys truly could step up and be the number one. You saw flashes from Washington, um, kind of mid to late season. You saw it from Claypool early season, and he'll only get better um, in year two. Um, yeah. You know, kind of like what Juju did. You know, you never know what you're getting from Johnson, whether you're getting the drop sees guy or you're getting the guy that catches everything thrown his way. Um, but Crowder, to me, wouldn't be a bad option. He's a guy who's kind of reliable. He's a slot guy. He kind of take over that Juju role um, that does a little bit of both. So, I don't know. I mean, I agree. If you lose Juju, um, you definitely need to get a veteran in here. Um, not another Moncrief, but you know what I mean. Oh yeah, no. I mean, a name that pops into my head, but obvious, but the Steelers aren't going to sign for one particular reason, um, would be Emmanuel Sanders. But he he's not going to come back to Pittsburgh and play with Ben Roethlisberger based off of uh, their their past history together. Yeah, no um, chance. Yeah, no chance of that happening. And then uh, obviously, Larry Fitzgerald is a free, is a free agent, but he, even if he comes back, he's he's not leaving Arizona. No, there, he's a guy that 
I wouldn't mind having certainly to help teach the younger receivers and kind of coach them along, but he's not leaving Arizona. He will play for that team and that team only his entire career. Oh yeah. Um, and rightfully so. I mean, he's second all time in receptions. Um, he's an all time person. Um, and you know, just, there's no way he plays anywhere but Arizona. Um, oh yeah, no, he, he's, you know, I, he's a Cardinal for life. Exactly. Exactly. Um, but yeah, I mean, definitely going to have a lot going on coming up. Certainly a lot of different things to watch, you know, as potentially trades go down, um, potentially signings uh, when free agency opens or cuts, whatever happens. Um, it's going to be an active offseason with the cap going down a little bit and teams that are uh, right on the cap. The Saints are going to be losing a lot of guys, so you never know who you might be able to pick up from there um, and, and sign for cheap. So you never know. I guess there's going to be a lot of movement in the NFL this year for sure. Yeah, and uh, we're obviously looking forward to this offseason here. But for now, I think this wraps up our uh, our first ep- our first football episode on the Overtime Buzz pod- podcast. Zach, you got anything else to add? No, that's it. I think I'm just uh, looking forward to everything going on in the sports world right now. Yeah, definitely a lot's going to happen. We're interested in seeing all this and um, – We'll probably get a. I'm just gonna try to start watching a little hockey more, more hockey, so I can get involved in these podcasts too, uh, in the hockey podcast as well. But um, for now, I think we'll just uh, call it there, and we'll see you guys next time. All right, have a good week, guys. Have a good one.